navigate our craft over the large green area. Yes, um, Bob, I think there are a bunch of Earthlings. Beam one up, Nebular. This is an utterly fascinating specimen. Let us try communicating with it. Yes, let us. Take us to your Rico. I said, take us to your Rico. Perhaps if you grab a hold of the sharp object protruding from its skull. Yes, I will attempt that. He smells funny. Very funny. Take us to your Rico. You know, for our weekly dose of sci-fi information and geeky goodness. Maybe we should shake fingers. I don't think it's working. What is this substance, Gebular? I do not know. It is very wet. Yes, very wet. Our tricorder indicates large amounts of calcium in liquid form. Ah, TrexinSciFi.com does a body good. Do they make this in brown? <laughs> Very funny. I uh, really like that. Uh, I played it, I think, once before. Thanks to the Moyers for that intro. This is Trex in Sci-Fi, and this is Rico. Today is August the 17th, 2008. Yeah, summer's kind of winding down. This will be podcast number 187. So uh, this week we're going to cover uh, an animated episode. I was thinking about covering two anim- uh, episodes, but I'm not sure that's going to work out for time. So we'll at least do one. We'll see how things go. Uh, so that uh, we haven't uh, covered any uh, animated Trek in a while, so I thought that'd be fun to get back to. So I'll do one of those. And uh, we've got some news information. We've got a special little report uh, by uh, Hawkeye Meds, uh, Meds from the Forum. He's going to talk a little bit about Doctor Who and uh, lots of other geeky goodness. So let's get started.
once again, I want to thank Mike Verdo over on the Replica Prop Forum for that excellent Star Trek theme uh, music he put together. A really great job. Uh, I'm using it uh, quite often lately. I really love it. I never get tired of hearing about it, uh, or, or hearing it, I should say, not hearing about it. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show again, everyone. I also want to mention that uh, we had a couple of um, generous donators this week, uh, Anthony Jenkins and Prentice U. Thanks very much, guys, for your donations for the podcast and website and all those uh, maintenance uh, tasks and fees and everything like that. I really appreciate your donations. And uh, again, if you'd like to donate to the show, uh, I can uh, point you in the right direction. You can email me, treksf at gmail.com. I can give you details or just go to the main website and you'll see a, uh, a way to do it there in the upper right corner currently. Although I am going to be in the next couple of weeks Maybe even sooner than that, the the main website, I'm, I'm kind of revamping it a little bit again. But don't worry, there'll still be a way to donate. So um, thanks again, guys, for your donations. Well, lots of uh, things going on in the last week or so uh, to talk about and report. Uh, the big uh, Vegas, of course, Star Trek convention was last weekend. Uh, not a lot of surprises. I, I guess one of the biggest things that I, I did watch, uh, I recorded a little of it, but I don't think I'm going to play it for you. But uh, they did announce the new uh, Star Trek Online uh, game, uh, or at least at Cryptic Studios, who do the uh, City of Heroes games and those uh, City of Villains, uh, they are working on Star Trek Online. Uh, I'll give you a few little, little bit of bits of the highlights if you haven't heard yet. Uh, it's looking like the game is still at least two to three years, maybe even four years away. I, I don't really, you know, they showed some game footage supposedly at the convention and I, I kind of, you know, if the game's three three years away, how how do they have that footage? I mean, is it is it really the way the game is going to be? Is it something they just created to show off? I, I don't know. You know, modern video games and, and computer games, the way they create them and, and sort of market them and with the Internet and all that, it, it's, a, it's a very strange business. You know, you find out and you hear about these things way in advance these days, and then, you know, by the time the final product comes out, it can be completely different. So... That's why I, you know, everything that I, I might say uh, is kind of a little subjective or at least uh, definitely open for change. But they didn't really, again, give a lot, a lot of details. I think they're still trying to iron a lot of the stuff out, you know, the different races they're going to have in the game, your, your different roles. I mean, there was at one point in the development cycle, I know they were talking about you would be sort of start out as sort of a lowly crew person and work your way up. Now they're making it sound like more you'll you'll be able to maybe command a ship uh, earlier on in the, in the game. It's it's difficult, and this is going to be very you know as an MMO. Star Trek has had difficulty doing games before, but now doing it as an MMO like the World of Warcraft and EverQuest and other games that have come out is is going to be very tricky for them. So I you know they have to be able to do away missions and space battles and. You know how they how people rise up in in level or rank. You know, and your skills improve and all. It's just it's it's going to be difficult. I I wouldn't want to do it, even though I you know I'm a big obviously a big Trek fan and and uh, like to game as well. But it's a daunting task, and and I think uh, they've definitely got their work cut out for them. Uh, we will see how this goes. I, I wish it was a little uh, sooner. I'm not really sure. They didn't really give a lot of detail of how much of the old work that went into the old Star Trek Online game that uh, they've kept or put into this the one that they're doing. I, it, it seems like they've, they've almost started a lot of it over again, although it was difficult to find out how much had been done previously. So 
But I guess the the uh, the positive and the good news of the whole situation is they are working on it, and it is uh, it is still on the on the books, or there are you know that is their project, or they're one of their biggest projects. I think they're working on right now. So we will keep an eye out on that. And I think it's a, you just go to StarTrekOnline.com to to find out more. What's the latest Star Trek movie? Let's find out. Well, there are uh, some reports from, again, the convention last weekend. Uh, they talked to uh, some of the main actors from the movie. Uh, Chris Pine, who's playing Kirk, uh, they asked him a few questions. Uh, and basically, the, the little bit that I was reading here uh, before I started the podcast about what they were talking to him about was, you know, how was how what was his approach to playing, you know, Kirk and Shatner for the film coming out uh, in next May? And, you know, did did he try to emulate Shatner playing Kirk or whatever? And uh, basically, he said he really didn't, that he was just trying to play the character of Kirk, not really playing Shatner, playing Kirk, if that kind of makes sense, you know, with all the kind of dramatic pauses and, you know, the Kirkisms, or I should say the Shatnerisms that uh, he became famous for. It doesn't sound like he's really trying to use a lot of that. Uh, I think he's just trying to uh, to play the character. And, of course, is at a, a much younger age for Kirk, too. So he uh, he obviously could be, you know, a little different than he was as we saw him in the original series and, and, and later on even in the movies and that. So that was interesting. And then they did a nice, uh, it sounded like they had a nice, session with uh, Zachary Quinto and Leonard Nimoy, of course, both playing Spock in the new movie. And uh, they they took some questions. It sounds like uh, they really had a great time working together on the movie. Uh, They also had that question about being, you know, um, how much this movie will diverge from kind of Star Trek canon and, and will it change things a lot? And there's a kind of a comment here. Zachary Quinto, I think, said this one. He says, uh, even though the uh, the movie was made with an awareness that we wouldn't be here without the original series and the people that created it. He also said that the film would honor the original but also infuse a new sensibility and a new aesthetic to help bring in new fans. Uh, of course, the purist wasn't too happy with the second part, but Zach was determined saying, as a purist and someone who has been a fan for a long time, I guarantee you, you won't be disappointed. And again, that's uh, a lot of what I'm hearing is that kind of talk in, in that uh you get to see things, and, and the main essence of the characters are here, and you see things you may not have gotten a, a chance to see before. And they, I think they bring out some of the other characters a little more in the film uh, than they were able to maybe even do, even all through the original series. Uh, uh, the uh, the character of Uhura, uh, also, uh, they talked a little bit here and there about her, and it sounds like she's got a fairly reasonably large part in the film so anyway all in all it sounds all positive of course i think i mentioned last week they've shown a rough cut for the of the movie to paramount and they're very happy very pleased with it uh and there seems to be a a strange trend going on now next summer in the summer of 2009 of course they move trek from uh the december 25th uh date to uh, next summer and now the latest harry potter movie uh the 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 Half-Blood Prince, yes, that's the one. That is being moved from the November time frame to next summer, to next July. So uh, now all of a sudden next summer is turning into another big major movie release uh, uh, 
season, I guess you could say. And uh, <laughs> oh well, I you know, and there's a Wolverine movie coming out, and uh, I don't know what's going to be out at Christmas time. But uh, I, I was kind of disappointed about the Harry Potter news. I, I always thought that those seemed to be a more fall, Christmassy kind of movie to me uh, than a summer film. They've they've released them at both times of the year. You know, they've had some come out in the winter time. Or, or late fall, and some come out during the summer. But uh, this idea that I, you know Harry Potter will do well no matter when you release it, I you know I, I'm not really sure. Maybe I you know there's probably other reasons they say, but I think it's primarily a financial one. So, but anyway, Star Trek sounds good, and uh, these guys have really great things to say about it, and say J.J. Abrams has done a terrific job putting it all together. Plan of attack, sir. Follow me. The heroes. Skywalker is the Republic's only hope. The villains. Surrender, Skywalker. The adventure. You gotta keep up. This is where the fun begins. Star Wars. The Clone Wars. With a PG in theaters August 15th. Yes, Star Wars, the Clone Wars movie is out now. Out came out uh, a couple of days ago. Sorry that trailer there was just a little choppy. Uh, it was about the best one I could find on YouTube. I wanted to play one of the shorter uh, trailer uh, TV spots. But, uh, yeah, I went and saw it on opening day on Friday. And uh, don't worry, I'm not going to spoil anything. I know it's only been out a couple of days, and I'm a very... Uh, I guess, spoiler-conscious uh, person and don't like things ruined for myself. So, uh, But I'll, I'll just give you the sort of nutshell and my overall impression. I, I thought it was a lot of fun and, and really really well done. Uh, it, uh, you know, all, all the things you're seeing in the previews uh, give you a pretty good feel for what the movie's like. Uh, they do a great job, I think, with the, the voices that they chose. You know, most of the, uh, the characters uh, that you see in the movie and hear uh, they are not being voiced by the originals. There's a few uh, of the original people are back. Anthony Daniels is still C-3PO, I believe. And uh, Dooku is still Christopher Lee. And th- there's somebody else, I think, that's still the original voice. But in general, the people playing Obi-Wan, Anakin, uh, are all new uh, actors playing those. And I thought they did a good job of matching the voices pretty well. There's a couple that are really, really well done, really dead on. Uh, Padme's in the movie. Uh, it's just um, it's just a lot of fun to see Star Wars up on the big screen. Uh, I thought they did a great job with the music, the effects. The storyline was pretty good. Uh, and I, I think the my favorite part, and this isn't, again, giving anything away, but the, uh, the relationship they give uh, Anakin, this Padawan, Ahsoka, in the movie. And I really like the, the interplay between the two of them. And it was kind of interesting to see Anakin kind of having to grow up a little bit uh, because he had this apprentice uh, during the film and, and had to kind of, uh, you know, guide her a little bit and, and be a little more responsible maybe. Uh, I thought that that some, was some of the best parts of the movie. I, I hope they, uh, we get to see more of that when the TV series shows up, which is, I guess, around in October, I believe. So uh, so go see this movie in the theaters. Uh, it's definitely worth seeing. Lots of cool action. Asajj Ventress, who was in the other Clone Wars animated series, she shows up again. Uh, and just just lots of cool stuff. Uh, the lightsaber stuff is great. The battles, uh, and again, just uh, I think uh, they did a wonderful job. Uh, I one thing I did kind of miss uh, 
it, well, maybe I shouldn't say anything about that. I'll hold off on that. There was, there was something, let's just say at the beginning of the movie, that they don't do that's normally done for Star Wars that I, I kind of found myself missing. So uh, you can probably figure out what that might be. So, But anyway, not a big deal. I, I, I think it uh, was a great film. Uh, there was some new interesting music the way they did in this in this movie, um, somewhat Star Wars sounding, uh, but later in the film when it gets a little bit more intense, they put in some other music, and I, I thought that was pretty well done. And I, I really, uh, I have to look. I, I haven't looked yet, but I'll have to see if the uh, they have a soundtrack out for this because I'd like to pick it up. It would be nice because it has that sort of Star Wars sound to it, but it's not uh, not like we've heard in the other films that they've done. So, so again, uh, definitely a positive review. I know there are people that have been kind of like, eh, the animation looks kind of funky and all that, but well, you know, after I'd say probably five minutes maybe or so if that of watching the film you kind of you just go with it I, at least that's what i found myself doing you just sort of get into the film and and you get used to okay that's the animation style for this just you know that's what it is and uh i i found uh it, not a problem at all with it so uh and boy are there a lot of people from the asian area of the world uh listed as animators at the end of this movie lots of people worked on this thing so uh which I, I think is great, and I think it means that the uh, the regular TV series, the the animated Clone Wars series, should be good as well. So that's my little uh, sort of uh, pretty much spoiler-free review of Star Wars The Clone Wars, the movie. It's been a long road getting from there to here. No, it really hasn't. I... <laughs> no, we're not singing that again. Yes, it's been a long No, time. Jen. I don't think you understand. We're not ever, ever singing that again. Look what we've created. A monster. A monster, he I tell you. He keeps playing it. I know. He likes it. People like us. They think it's funny. I know it is very funny. But that's not all we but are. But my time is Okay. Fun. This is Angela. <laughs> and that's Jen. <laughs> and you've been listening to Trex and Sci-Fi. With oh, our friend for- Rico. We forgot to say we're from the Anomaly Podcast. Doe. <laughs> Crap. Yes, uh, that is Angela and Jen from the Anomaly Podcast, which can be found over at AnomalyPodcast.com. Check them out sometime. I've got some other uh, uh, kind of news information announcements uh, that I was probably maybe should have put at the very beginning of the show. But anyway, we'll put it in here now. Uh, the first one being next weekend... Uh, I am going to be at a uh, movie marathon for charity. This is for the Children's Leukemia Foundation here in Michigan. Uh, I'm doing that next Friday. It's a 24-hour thing. Uh, it's uh, for charity. You donate some money. And I have, uh, I think I said last week, but I'm trying to collect some more donations here for the last a few days before I do it uh, to um, to help out this uh, great cause. Uh, it uh, It's really uh, worthy. I don't, I don't even really, I mean children and disease i just can't i i have a hard time with that i have two kids of my own so anyway if you could contribute at all uh if you go to um well just shoot me an email treksf at gmail.com there are also some links up uh on the main i believe i have it on the main page right now if i don't i should but there is a link on the forums uh and uh 
again, if you just send it to me via the PayPal um, sponsorship thing, I can pass it on to this as well. So uh, please, if you're interested, uh, let me know, and I will uh, Well, I'll put a link also in this week's podcast notes. I believe I put one in last week's podcast notes as well. So uh, if you'd like to donate, that would be great. You know, $5, $10, anything you can do would be uh, would be super, and I'd really appreciate it, guys. And the other thing I wanted to announce, uh, we're coming up on the third anniversary of Treks in Sci-Fi. Yes, uh, back in uh, on Labor Day weekend, I believe, in 2005 was when I first sat down and decided, hey, yeah, I could podcast. I could do something like that uh, when podcasting was uh, kind of just getting started for a lot of people. So uh, to celebrate this, in two weeks, not next weekend, but the weekend after that, this will be on August 31st, so mark your calendar, Sunday, August 31st, I'm going to do another sort of uh, special anniversary show, a live one with a webcam going and some fun contests and little, yeah, kind of different little things than I normally do for the show, and that will be, again, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Time uh, on August 31st, and again, if you go to the main website, uh, treksinsci-fi.com, You'll be able to see how to view that. It'll probably be streaming via Ustream. I've used them before. They work pretty well. You'll be able to have a little, uh, we'll have a chat room kind of going and all that, uh, like other podcasts do this from time to time. Uh, some of them do it all the time. But I just, I don't think I can handle uh, doing a live show every week or at least with a webcam on. That's a, it's a little tricky. Plus, with with just a solo cast like this, it's a little different than a group cast doing that. Uh, but anyway, please, I would love to have as many of you people who listen to the show, listen to the podcast each week, to show up and uh, watch me do a live show. It's always fun. Uh, like I said, we'll do some a couple of contests and uh, just have a lot of fun and kind of geek out for an hour or two. So uh, please uh, be there. <laughs> Okay, next up, uh, we're going to have a, uh, a nice guest review and commentary about the, the latest season of the new Doctor Who, which is, I guess they're calling it a season, Series 4, Season 4, uh, with uh, David Tennant as the Doctor. It just ended here uh, a week or two ago in the state showing on the Sci-Fi Channel, so I don't think... Uh, too many things uh, will be given away, maybe, but I'm sure uh, this is from Meds on the forum. Please, if uh, you're at all maybe scared of uh, spoilers, well, I'm sure he describes it. I haven't listened to his uh, complete uh, review yet, so uh, I don't think he's going to give away a huge amount. But uh, if that bothers you at all, his call here, let's see, it's 4 minutes and 42 seconds. So uh, sit back and listen to Meds talk about uh, Series 4 of Doctor Who. Hello everyone, this is Meds, otherwise known as Hawkeye Meds, and the Treks in Sci-Fi's forum. And now that Doctor Who Series 4 has finished airing in America, I thought I'd give my little review of what I thought of the new series. All in all, I thought it was pretty good. There were some fantastic episodes, and there were some terrible episodes. And what about the companion, Donna Noble? Well, I'll leave my opinion about her towards the end. Okay, so let's have a look at the episodes that are really good. The Fires of Pompeii, excellent episode set, by, uh, set around the eruption of Mount Vesuvius. Here we get to see the Doctor having the dilemma of knowing that people are going to die and he can't do anything about it. Why? He's not allowed to. At a certain point in time, he is not allowed to change. 
Planet of the Ood. I really like the Ood. I think they're a great alien race, and it's so good to see an episode devoted to them. And Tim McKinnery, as a slave trader, was excellent, and I really didn't expect the ending for that, especially what happened to him. Now, the two first-parters, the Santarum Stratagem and the Poison Sky, were excellent for me. I really liked the Santarans, and it was good to see them back. The Doctor's Daughter. I liked it, and I didn't like it. I got really excited when I saw the title. Well, who wouldn't the Doctor's Daughter? We know he has a daughter. We saw his granddaughter in Episode 1 back in 1963. And if you've read the Lungbarrow novels, that could cause a little bit of conjecture, so we won't go near there. The two best episodes for me in the whole series were Silence in the Library and Forest of the Dead, both wrote by the excellent Stephen Moffat. This is the man who's going to be taken over from Russell T Davies, and I've got to be honest with you, I'm so looking forward to it. These two episodes were excellent, it's what I always want to have a Doctor Who episode. Reason why? Well, everything about it. You're left with questions, silences, and of course, River Song. Don't forget the silence. Now then, Midnight. This was like a play. It was really good, and you saw the Doctor at his most vulnerable. He needs his companion. Well, the Tenth Doctor does. The Ninth Doctor didn't. But the Tenth Doctor needs a companion. He's a bit of a big head. I mean, let's face it, if you had a bloke who suddenly walks into your office or to your work and suddenly starts telling you what to do and pretending he knows it all, you're not going to like him. You're going to dislike him, and you're not going to trust him. And this is what happens in Midnight. The two final episodes, The Stolen Earth and The Journey's End, were great pieces of writing from Russell T. Davies and very well directed by Graham Harper. The only downside to this, I thought, was there was not enough Davros. I really don't think there was any need for Sarah Jane Smith in this, which is a bit of a shame. I'm not a great Rose Tyler fan, but I actually really enjoyed seeing her come back to this. Now, Davros. Davros is excellent. I just wish he was used just a little bit more. Okay, the bad points. The bad episodes are Partners in Crime, the opening episode. It was terrible. As for Miss Foster, played by Sarah Lancashire, who was she? We had no information about her. We didn't even get to find out where the sonic screwdriver came from. And as for the special effects of the little body fats of the antipose, that was just atrocious. It really was bad. The Unicorn and the Wasp, which was episode 7. Oh, I honestly hoped that that would be really good. The Doctor meets Agatha Christie and must solve an extraterrestrial mystery. It was awful. It was just a big buzzing wasp. And what was it? It didn't get any answers for it. My worst episode was Turn Left. And the reason is, it's a Donner episode. I just don't like it. And this is the reason why. Now, I've had a chat with Kenny about this. In fact, we've had many conversations about it. And my reasons for not liking Donna are this. If you don't know Catherine Tate, then I think you like Donna Noble. If you do know Catherine Tate, then you're not going to like Donna Noble. And the reason for this is because Catherine Tate is a comedian. She does a comedy show on the BBC. I can't stand the comedy show. I don't like her comedy characters. And unfortunately, I see the comedy characters in her portrayal of Donna Noble. I really wish I'd never seen a comedy show or seen her, because I probably would like Donna Noble. I do like the idea of her as a companion. She's more realistic. She's more solid. And that's the good thing about it. Now, to be fair to Catherine Tate, she did actually, you know, I did warm to her towards the end, and she did do some excellent episodes. I'm kind of glad she's not going to come back, though. Anyway, that's Series 4, or Series 30, if I'm honest with you, because there has been 30 seasons so far of Doctor Who. We've got the Christmas episode coming up, and we're not going to talk about that because we don't want to give anything away. And then we've got three specials, and then Series 5. Will David Tennant be in Series 5? Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Thanks for letting me talk about it, Rico. Thank you, everyone. 
Yeah, thanks very much, Meds, for that uh, great detailed review of uh, Series 4. I know you got through a lot there the whole season in just uh, four and a half minutes, and it's a lot to cover. I, I've always uh, really enjoyed the last, you know, all these new seasons of Doctor Who. David Tennant is the Doctor. is just great. And uh, I pretty much agree with what you had to say about Donna. Maybe not as severe as much because, again, I didn't know Catherine Tate uh, from the comedy bit. Uh, and it's obvious, though, she is a little more comic than uh, a dramatic actress in the, in the, in the show. And I, I do agree that she's a little bit more of a realistic uh, companion and character for her for the or for the doctor, I should say, but uh, yeah, it's uh, they did some great episodes. I really loved the last few episodes they did. The last uh, couple, uh, in I guess the last three they did. Kind of it was a two-parter, but then there was sort of a lead into that to uh, end the series, and they brought in all these characters from Torchwood and and from other um, characters the Doctor has met over the years, and uh, brought Rose back, of course, like he said, uh, which I'm a big 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 fan of Rose. I, I miss seeing her on the show. I thought uh, she was uh, really good, and I really enjoyed her. So so anyway, Doctor Who, check it out. Uh, I believe the other seasons are on DVD, and I'm sure this one will be out soon. Um, I also heard there was going to be a fair delay. Maybe you can uh, send a quick comment in about it, Meds, but I thought there was going to be a pretty big delay between uh, this and, and the future episodes, even those, those movies you said. Uh, uh, and then there's this question about David Tennant's um, coming back or not i kind of think he's going to but uh, we will see how that all turns out want to contribute to the weekly podcast with audio comments send them in to treksf at gmail.com or visit www.treksandsci-fi.com treks and sci-fi with rico dust Yes, just send your emails uh, with your comments about books, movies, TV shows, uh, anything you've uh, seen recently you'd like to talk about. Uh, you can also call the voicemail line, which is the number uh, which I had to change uh, a while back, but I've given out a few times, 206-202-1548. Uh, you can call that uh, voicemail line and send me an audio comment about something you'd like to talk about. Okay, I'd like to uh, now uh, play another uh, television theme song. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about this on the forums lately, this uh, particular show. Uh, this uh, was on for three seasons on NBC from uh, 1993 to uh, June of 1996. Uh, a cool show. I enjoyed the uh, earlier seasons of it especially. Well, here's the uh, opening theme song. The 21st century, mankind has colonized the last unexplored region on Earth, the ocean. As captain of the Sequest and its crew, we are its guardians. For beneath the surface lies the future.
Yes, that's, of course, the theme to uh, the first season, I believe, of uh, Sequest, DSV, uh, the Spielberg-produced uh, television show about uh, the super sub uh, in the oceans. And it changed a lot from season to season, and I think that really hurt the show. Uh, but I really enjoyed the early, uh, especially the first season. Um, later on, it got uh, maybe not as enjoyable, uh, the second season. And then the third one got, uh, well, pretty different, let's just say. But anyway, Sequest DSV, I think it's all out on DVD now, I believe. Uh, I'd have to check on that. I, I believe the earlier seasons are probably all is. So check it out on DVD if you haven't. Oh, and it reminds me, I've been thinking about doing a special podcast related to uh, sci-fi type uh, ocean related series. They're, they've always been kind of a, a favorite of mine. Uh, uh, Man from Atlantis, Sequest. Uh, it, it, there's, uh, they've done quite a few surface just from a couple of years ago, and I think I might do a special podcast related to that sometime. So, uh, if that sounds appealing to you, uh, drop me an email and, and uh, shoot me some suggestions of things to cover. Well, it's time once again for the episode review on Treks in Sci-Fi with Rico. Space, the final frontier. Now we're getting into the uh, episode review. I'm going to play the whole episode, the time trap from These are the, the animated of the series. Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds. Starting with uh, the new life, usual new opening credits. To boldly go where no man has gone before. much match the opening credits they used for the original series, of course, for the animated show, uh, just with the same look of the Enterprise flying by and the names of the actors popping in, uh, same graphic uh, font style used even. Uh, this, of course, uh, animated series was made way back um, by Filmation in 1973, this particular episode, The Time Trap. Uh, first aired back uh, on November 24th, 1973, written by uh, Joyce Perry. Stardate 52.2. We have just entered the Delta Triangle, a vast, uninhabited sector of our galaxy in which a high number of mysterious disappearances of starships have been recorded since ancient times. The Enterprise has been assigned the mission of surveying this area and, if possible, determining the cause of these disappearances. Of course, this is a sort of a, definitely a takeoff on the idea of the, the B- Bermuda Triangle on Earth. Our are in a state of chaos, Captain. They became unreliable when we entered the Triangle. Magnification 10 on forward scanners, Mr. Sulu. Magnification 10, sir. Klingon battlecruiser. Deflector shields up, Mr. Sulu. Deflectors up, sir. Lieutenant Uhura. Open the hailing frequency. Ready, phasers. Phasers locked on target, sir. Fire. Firing phasers. Mr. Spock, did you see what I think I just saw? Yes, Captain. Explanation? I can offer none at this time. 
However, the Klingon ship was not destroyed by our phaser fire. Its shields clearly deflected the phasers. Nor was its disappearance the type that would have been affected if it were using its cloaking device. Any sensor analysis on that wavering effect just before the ship disappeared? Yeah, the basically the, the Klingon ship, the Clothos, just disappears uh, right after the Enterprise first took shot at it. Ship disappearances uh, in this so area. obviously this, uh, this area of space makes ships alert. disappear Visual and the Klingons are gone now. Degrees, Mr. Scanning 360 degrees, sir. Mousetrapped. If the first ship doesn't succeed in blasting us out of existence, they have two backup ships to do the job. Tactically well planned. When the Federation investigates, we'll be recorded as just another mysterious starship disappearance. Captain, we are receiving a Class II signal from the lead Klingon vessel. One moment, Lieutenant. Mr. Sulu, on my command, I want you to turn the Enterprise and head for the exact coordinates where the Klingon ship disappeared. Warp 8. Yes, sir. Put the signal on the main viewing screen. Does that just seem like a kind of a mistake, maybe? Back to I don't know. Man. It will take three weeks to reach the nearest starbase, sir. Nonetheless, let's have it on the record. Aye, sir. Signal in. I can remember still uh, being a young child watching these Enterprise. when they were airing. Captain James T. Kirk, last known to be in command. Your information is correct. This is Captain Listen Kirk. to this Klingon's voice. I am Commander Curie of the Klingon Imperial Fleet. We have witnessed the destruction of our sister ship, the Clothos, and hold you responsible. Surrender immediately, or we will destroy you. We did not destroy the Clothos, and you are well aware of it, Commander. Surely you don't expect me to believe she just vanished. You may believe what you like, Commander. We were fired upon yes, first. Yes, that is uh, George Decay doing the, uh, the voice of the Klingon commander there. They used a lot of the same uh, people. James Doohan did a lot of voices. But we he does quite a few in, in this one. George does uh, as well as Nichelle. Commander, what you accept is of little importance to me. Enterprise out. Now, Mr. Sulu. Oh, I love that Accelerate uh, to maximum music they use. Open fire. <laughs> that gets used usually at least a couple times in every anime. Sir, aren't we going to defend ourselves? Your deflector shields are doing that for us, Mr. Scott. But to just turn and run, sir. We'll fight if we have to. Sulu, are we headed for the exact coordinates where the Clothos disappeared? Dead on, sir. We'll be there in ten seconds. Captain, our deflector shields have just gone out. Sir... The, the instruments, they're, they've gone haywire. Dude, Captain. I can't orient myself. Everything is... Subspace radio channels are dead, sir. Now the Enterprise just sort of wavered and disappeared out of existence. Where did they go? Captain, uh, I've lost all coordination. Uh, dizzy. Sir, we seem to be suffering from some form of vertigo. Sulu, are we still on the same coordinates? I, I can't tell, sir. Vision won't focus. And now they just sort of faded into a new Captain. kind of area of on space. On the view screen. It's like a vast Saragasso Sea. A graveyard of ships from every civilization imaginable. Where are we, sir? At another place in time, I think. 
If we check closely, I believe we'll find many of those ships are the ones designated as lost in the Delta Triangle. An alternate universe? Something corresponding to that. The records say every ship lost here vanished without a trace. Most logged communication loss and disorientation just before disappearance. My guess was they entered a window to some other continuum. Comment, Spock? Your logic is excellent, Captain. There is a random factor to the ship disappearances. Perhaps the touching of the two time continuums is erratic. In any event, the window stayed open long enough for us to follow the Clothos in. Aye, and where is that tricky devil? I've been scanning for her, but there are so many ships here, it's hard to pick up a specific trace. Stay on it, Mr. Sulu. Aye, sir. There are ships here I've only seen crude drawings of. The, uh, pictures the pace of these uh, animated episodes is always uh, of the interesting of the to me. You know, they, the hulls, they move along very quickly, Some of, of course, since these are like half centuries. the length of a normal Captain. episode. So you, they kind of really get in, get the job done, and get out. They're a lot more plot-driven. The crew's descendants may still be living, Captain. Their descendants? Yes. I'm picking up life and energy readings from the cluster of ships ahead of us. Yeah, so there's a huge number of Scanners cool other little the ships and shapes totally uh, depleted, sir. alien craft All and other Federation ships stations. in this Prepare whole area that they're seeing. Fire on the Enterprise immediately. And the Klingons, of course, are there as well, Captain, trying the to move towards ahead. the Enterprise. Sound red alert. Phasers lock on target. Aye, sir. Phase is locked on. Fire! Sir, our weaponry is frozen. Fire! Firing phasers. Yeah, they're trying Report, to shoot. Sir. No response, sir. Not There's no indication obviously. of damage. All instruments register normal. And now Kirk was just uh, sort of... He looked like he was sort of transported off the bridge of the Enterprise. Beamed away. Captain's Logs Supplemental, First Officer Spock recording. We appear to be in an alternate universe. Position undetermined. Captain Kirk has been transported from the ship by an unknown power. His present location also is undetermined. That will not be needed here, Commander Kor. Welcome to Elysia, Devna, Interpreter of Laws. Gentlemen, you'll now stand before the ruling council. Elysia is comprised of representatives of 123 races. Our existence dates back over 1,000 years. During this time, these diverse races, many of whom were enemies on the outside, have learned to live together because they must. Yeah, this is a cool a result, area here, this council they're in. You get to see aliens from the original series and, and some of the animated aliens they invented. And with utmost Pretty interesting uh, stuff. And that's uh, an Michelle Nichols universe? doing her voice. It is more aptly described as a pocket in the garment of time. How did you freeze my weaponry? We have among us many individuals gifted with psionic powers. Peace being our single goal. You were attempting to break that peace. Pronounce the law. Under our law, you as ship captains are responsible for the behavior of your crews. Should a crew member 
with or without your knowledge, engage in any form of violence whatsoever, you will suffer the ultimate penalty, total immobilization of your ship, for a century. A century? We'd all be dead by the end of it. No, Commander Corps. This small universe of ours is a curious trap. Time passes here, but very slowly. A century means nothing to us. Our council appears young, yet all are centuries old. Your life here must be almost perfect if you haven't wanted to leave. All of us have wanted to leave at some time, Captain Kirk. But we have made the best possible world here because we have yeah, found... Yeah, that's supposed to be core there, there the Klingon no uh, commander and... You know, Kirk's old. Uh, we are getting out. Ad- then we better do it pretty quick, Captain. If we find an answer, it will still take time. That's just what we haven't got. What's wrong, Scotty? It's our dilithium crystals, sir. They're deteriorating rapidly. But how? I don't know, sir. Maybe because of the time warp we went through. But we've only four days at the most before power goes. Got any miracles in your computer, Spock? Impossible to predict, Captain. I don't want a prediction. You will start work immediately, around the clock, non-stop, until you arrive at a formula that gets us out of here. These consultations are useless. Get out of here and don't come back until you have a plan that works. Yes, sir. Yeah, so they're not really too excited about staying there, which is uh, kind of understandable. In each, beings labor to solve the riddle. The riddle of the time trap. Escape. Escape! Gently, good Megan. Return to us now. It is impossible. That's another uh, Michelle Nichols doing the voice of Megan there. A little tricky uh, doing the voice of one and then speaking in another character's voice. This is the best you could come up with, Mr. Spock? Yes, sir. Have you covered every possibility, every factor? Several times, Captain. I do not wish to surrender hope, but the facts remain unchangeable. He isn't giving up. If they can do it, why can't we? I do not believe they can, sir. High rank probability. Their S2 graph unit, which is roughly the equivalent of our warp drive, began giving off depleted energy readings. Core decided to try to bluff it through. Jeopardizing his crew and his ship unnecessarily? All power has been diverted to the engine, sir. We're picking up speed. cartoon music again, but uh, yeah, the Klingons didn't quite make it out, got tossed back. You were right, Spock, but I almost wish they'd made it. Their attempt has given me an idea as to how we may be able to break through the time barrier. Mr. Spock has come up with a formula which may just get us out of here. But this involves combining our ship with the Clothos. That is correct. You mean you want us to cooperate with those... If we want to get out of here, it's our only choice. It's a complicated navigation problem, trying to guide two such disparate ships. Considering we only have two days left before our supply of dilithium crystals is exhausted, I say we go with this plan. I agree, sir. Good. Yeah, that sounds like I'll a good idea. Let's, right away. Let's do what this is plan. Let's get These out of here. new ones. Now they plan to combine the two ships and try again. Can you not stop them, Zerius? It is not against our laws to try to escape. 
but they may kill themselves in these mad attempts. So long as they do not break our laws, we must not impede them. That's James Doohan is serious there, too. It is their choice. Then it's settled. Our science teams will get to work right away conjoining our warp and navigation systems, so we will function as a single ship. Exchange of personnel and computer hookup to start as soon as we are beamed back to our ship. Agreed. Mr. Spock? I cannot tell you how impressed I am by your splendid spirit of cooperation. Mr. Spock! Forgive me, Commander. I was overcome by the moment. Goodbye. <laughs> Spock just sort of Goodbye, like put his hand Mr. on Spock. each shoulder. Captain Kirk? And, uh was like uh, being real friendly with the Klingons. The stories of his being half-human must be true. Perhaps the time continuum affected his mind. I wonder if we all haven't become affected. Explain yourself. Your willingness to work with your old enemy, Kirk. It is not like you, Commander. What do you really have in mind? You do know me, Kaz. Very well. What would you think if the Enterprise suddenly disintegrated after our dual ship had pierced the time continuum? I would think my commander had maneuvered brilliantly. And it can be arranged, practically speaking. It implies a rather high risk factor given the time involved and Kirk's highly suspicious nature. That's pretty good, too, though. Those are both James doing those two voices. I believe it can be arranged. Very good, Kaz. I will leave it to you to attend to the details of the Enterprise's destruction. Captain's log, stardate 5267.6. We are in the final stages preparatory to making our escape from Elysia. Now they've we got must the make Klingon our escape ship tomorrow, and the Enterprise or our sort of uh, conjoined to the Enterprise and we will be sort of like attached uh, to pardon, the Klingon sir. ships below it. it. Bella and I are the relief guard for the dilithium vault. We arrived a few minutes late and found them poking around. We were lost. Lost my foot. It's clearly posted lost as a restricted foot. area. You knew you weren't <laughs> supposed to be there. Gentlemen. I'm sure there's been a mistake. Where are you supposed to be working? Engineering Deck 5. Captain, allow me to escort this young man to his work area. Very well, Mr. Spock. There's Spock again being real friendly with the Klingons, but there is a reason. Return to your post, and don't leave it until you've been relieved. Aye, sir. Jim, I'm worried about Spock. He's just not acting normal. He's under a lot of pressure, Bones. I know that, but I've never known Spock to act like a pal under any circumstances. Least of all, toward Klingons. That's true. And if he's coming apart, Jim, we're in serious trouble. Getting out of here hinges on his computations. I'll talk to him, Bones. It's all I can do. Everything seems to be in order, but then you're the only person who can really be sure. Isn't that right, Spock? Yes, Captain. Why do you ask? Your recent behavior is something wrong? I believe there is, Captain but not within me. I sensed something strange about the Klingons when we were aboard the Clothos. They were too agreeable, too willing to cooperate. Yeah, Why say. is that unusual? They want to get out of here as much as we do. Had I not touched them, I would have agreed with you, Captain. But even though contact was necessarily limited and their minds were suspicious, I picked up some indication they are planning to sabotage the Enterprise. Sabotage? How? When? I cannot say. The Klingon found near the Dilithium Vault knew nothing specific. But there is some kind of sabotage in the offing. They need us to get through the time barrier if they're to get through at all. Security, this is Captain Kirk. 
I want all security teams on duty around the clock. Watch every Klingon who sets foot aboard this ship. I don't want one of them to make a move we don't know about. You have the device, Kaz. By my calculations, the capsule will be triggered the exact moment our dual ship reaches warp 8. Approximately three minutes after the time barrier is pierced and we have disengaged, the Enterprise will disintegrate. Excellent. Kali, you know what to do. Tonight, they entertain us. But the gift they will receive in return... Cracks me up, though. This, this device to blow up the Enterprise is like the size of a large pill. You know, like a capsule, and uh, they're going to just you drop that up. on the Enterprise, and that's going to blow Captain. them up. Uh, these you Klingons have, have got pretty good uh, explosion uh, devices. I wish... Yes? I wish I could return through the time barrier and see Orion again. You could go. We're willing to take passengers. No. You see, we have all seen the futility of attempting to escape. Once each of us dreamed of breaking free, then we came to understand it could not be done, and we accepted our life here. We believe it can be done. Then I shall not interfere with your dream, Captain. Get away from her, human. This is my woman. Now, just a minute. All I did was ask her to dance. She didn't have to say yes. <laughs> ah, Dr. McCoy. Stop! Ship captains and these two will come to the council chamber now to face charges. Oh, that's going to be a little bit of a problem. Oh, now she dropped a little capsule into like a computer bank area. You know any form of violence is forbidden here. Your man began the fight and attempted to kill. I propose we freeze the Clothos and its crew for a star century. May I speak? You may. Captain Kor and I were preparing to attempt an escape from here tomorrow. If you hibernate the Clothos, you will not only be punishing them, but us. We cannot leave as a single ship. I urge you to permit our dual ship to depart tomorrow as scheduled. Getting back to your own time continuum, is that important to you? Yes. You will fail. We must try, Xerius. Elysia is, in many respects, a perfect society, but with all its virtues, it is not home. And home, with all its faults, is where we prefer to be. There's you no place like home, Sirius. There's you? no place like home. We need them. Very well. I release Captain Cord into your custody. Good luck to you, Captain Kirk. You will be needing it. Ready to accelerate to warp six. Ready, sir. Three, two, one, accelerate. No! The Klingons have hidden an explosive aboard the Enterprise. She will be destroyed. Enterprise, this is Zarius. Come in, Enterprise. Warp seven, Captain. Sir, Zarius is calling us. He says it's urgent. On audio, Lieutenant. Captain Kirk, the Klingons have placed an explosive in your computer room. Magon says it is located in the warp control panel. It will go off when you reach warp 8. Spock, Scotty. Approaching warp 8, sir. The barrier. 
transmission Captain Core intended for his home base. He took full credit for our escape from Elysia. Why, that scoundrel. It doesn't matter, Bones. It doesn't? That's what matters. As he looks out onto the view screen and they're uh, back home in the stars. Uh, so, uh, they made it. Directed by Hal Sutherland, uh, who worked on basically all of the animated series. This, uh, the thing I liked about this one was just the fact that they got to meet these other aliens, saw these strange ships, and that the Klingons and the uh, the Enterprise crew both had to work together to get out of this time trap, this other area of space in the Delta Triangle that they found themselves uh, sort of lost in. And, you know, it shows that it paves the way that in the future the Klingons and the Federation will start to work together and uh, form an alliance and eventually, you know, you'll have Worf as a Klingon on the, you know, bridge of the Enterprise and the TNG and all that. So uh, so it's a fun animated episode. Uh, of course, these are all on DVD now. Uh, I've reviewed some of them before and uh, I just wanted to do another one. They're always fun to, uh, to watch. So uh, check them out. Made by uh, Filmation and like I said, out on uh, DVD. I'm going to take a uh, short little break here and I will be right back. about a collectible review right here on Treks in Sci-Fi with Rico Dosti. Okay, this week I'm going to review a, a, a kind of a different collectible. I got this a couple of weeks ago. I've been meaning to talk about it. I want to take some good pictures and post them up in the collectible gallery, and uh, this week seemed like a good one to do it. Uh, the, uh, the collectible I'm going to talk about, there is... Um, there's a company called Figure Figure Prints. I think it's with an S. Figureprints.com. Go there. I'll put a link in the podcast notes. But I'm a big player uh, on the uh, MMO World of Warcraft. And what this Figure Prints company does, you know, for those who don't know, I don't know how you wouldn't know, but uh, World of Warcraft is a fantasy-based sort of like Dungeons & Dragons a fantasy-based online game, MMO game, where you have a little character like a dwarf or a gnome or a human or an orc, and, and you go off and do quests and get gear and just have all kinds of fun. I've played it for quite a while, and uh, the company called Figure Prints, what they do is they have these, what they're known as, uh, they're like three-dimensional printers, and basically what they're able to do is take your your in-game character and create uh, sort of like a little uh, figure, a little figure uh, based on the way they look, the the kind of items and armor and gear that they have in the game at, at any particular point in time that, you know, you kind of select that. Uh, 
And uh, they are able to create this little, uh, I don't want to call it really an action figure. It's more like a very mini uh, kind of statue. Uh, the one I chose, I, uh, my main character that I play on, in World of Warcraft is named Rico uh, on Earth and Ring, for those interested. It, but it's spelled R-E-I-C-O, because when I made, uh, made that character, I don't think I could use R-I-C-O for Rico. But anyway, he's a little no mage. He's a He's maxed out right now. He's level 70, and uh, I had uh, a figure print made, a little uh, figure of him made uh, the way he looks in the game. He's kind of got a little purple robe, a, a pointy hat. He's holding his staff because uh, he's like a magic user kind of guy, and uh, it's a really cool little item. Uh, he's not very big because he's a gnome, so he's short in the game, and they kind of scale these each to uh, the race that you play in uh, World of Warcraft, but he's very highly detailed. Uh, you have a, a variety of poses and uh, bases that you can sit him on. They, they ship him in a little uh, glass-domed um, kind of display case, and uh, it's a really cool thing, and uh, it's a little expensive. Maybe it's about a hundred dollars, but for somebody you know that plays something like World of Warcraft for for literally years, uh, I think this is kind of nice to have sort of a real world representation of uh, what you've been spending all your time on over all that. Uh, uh, you know, all those hours and days in the game. So uh, anyway, uh, I might might get another one of these at one point. Uh, I'm perhaps uh, another one of my characters. I've got a warlock character, and and anyway, but uh, this I'll, I'll put some pictures up. Uh, and uh, for those interested, the way figure prints works right now, though they are uh, they are kind of overwhelmed with requests. So you have to sort of submit your email, and then you get on a. Uh, uh, a, a a list that they select from each month the opportunity to order one of these. It took me probably, I don't know, three or four months before uh, they sent me an email and said, hey, uh, your number kind of came up or you were selected. Would you like to still buy one? And then you go into their site and you tell them which character to do and uh, what uh, what you want them to look like as far as their pose and what base to sit on and all those details. So, uh so that uh, they are a little backed up, although I think they are increasing their capacity and, and getting more of these out each day. So, uh, so there's my collectible review for this week, my little Rico figure print uh, character from the World of Warcraft. Okay, folks, uh, we've come to the end of another uh, Treks in Sci-Fi. I hope uh, everyone enjoyed this week's show. I thought it was a little different. We covered a few different things. Thanks to Meds for his commentary on Doctor Who. Uh, we did a little animated talk, a little uh, talk about Trek and, and Sequest and, and the collectible uh, from uh, Warcraft. Uh, just lots of good stuff, lots of variety this week, I thought, to that's always fun to do. So uh, just one last uh, reminder and request, if you can send in some money for that uh, uh, movie marathon for the uh, Children's Leukemia Foundation uh, charity that I'm doing, it needs to get in by, uh, I'm doing that this Friday, which will be, what is that, August uh, 22nd. So uh, probably by the 21st, if you can send it in, that would be uh, that would be very uh, welcome and appreciated. So, uh, and again, if you have any questions about that, just email me, treksf at gmail.com, and I'll point you in the right direction or send you the link. I've set up an online place where you can just donate directly, and 
They take all major credit cards and all that good stuff. So next week, uh, we'll probably be doing a, a TNG episode. Uh, I'm not sure which. Maybe we'll keep that a little as a surprise. So uh, hope everyone will tune in next time. And like I said, again, in two weeks, we're going to do that special live uh, video cast uh, webcam uh, third anniversary show. So uh, if you've got any comments about that that you'd like to send in just about the show in general, uh, please uh, email those in to me. Until uh, next time, everyone take care, and I will talk to you again very soon. Bye-bye for now. You've been listening to Trex in Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky goodness and sci-fi entertainment news. This podcast copyright 2008. Rico Dawson.